Um, so I just gotta see what happens there. So, man, well, I wish the best of you with that. Thanks, man. Yeah, we haven't really told you what yet, so <laughs> we'll keep that on the DL. <laughs> yeah, I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, that's, uh, yeah, we're keeping another DL for a little bit until we get some more things floating here. Yeah, anyway, that's, that's finally ready to get the fuck out of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting that you're, like, literally right there. Now that I'm back in Kentucky, like, you're really not that far away. We're in we're Kentucky area? In Richmond, so about 20 minutes south of Lexington, and then Lexington's only about an hour or so from Cincinnati, so not that too, not that far. Oh, shit. No, you're only like two and a half hours from here, bro. Yeah, not bad, huh? Yeah. Might have well, to figure well, something out before, you're, before you leave. I was going to say, let's definitely wake up before that. <laughs> yeah, well, Take advantage. so I appreciate your time this morning. Uh, it doesn't have to be the longest podcast. Um, I want to dive into a multi-part series with, you know, you and I talk more about the strength training side of things, a little bit of the science and programming. And with that, you know, being your bread and butter, your background, it'd be great to get your insights onto that as far as the approaches, the benefits, the drawbacks, um, what to consider when doing specific strength training. And then with Ian, I'll focus more on hypertrophy next week. That way we can have a really nice all around, you know, insights into the world of resistance training um, was really what I was trying to do for this because I know Ian has been talking about it for a bit you know the last time we've been together and when he's been typing in he wanted he wanted to see some of that on there I guess for they're, they're trying to use podcasts for like selling purposes and saying hey check out this podcast with if you're interested in this or you're interested in this and so I think they were in need of one of these specifically in our repository yeah. um, and so if you're ready to hit it let's rock and roll fucking go bro alright my man we're just gonna dive right in in three, two, one. Mario my man you know, I really should have taken a little bit more advantage of our coaching experience together. I just really apologize. You literally caught me at like the tail end of hell last semester. <laughs> but, you know, I've been dying to ask you, how's everything been so far with, you know, you? how long have you been with Evolve now? You've been with us at least three or four months now already, right? Yeah, it was like beginning to mid-October, I think, when I got on. So, All right. I don't know what that is. <laughs> three or four months, yeah. So how have you been enjoying coaching since? Oh, uh, well, man, it's, it's been really cool. I, I'm, I've been, we have been building a really solid roster of athletes that I've been working with. Um, and even actually this past week specifically is probably actually the best week I've had with my athletes across the board. Like everyone has had that clicking moment. Like, like I, I would say 90% of my athletes um, that weren't already kind of like hitting that stride. We're like, yeah, everything's just finally clicking. And I'm like, like when you hear that, it's like, oh yeah, it's like because you know how good that feels when you just like those all the um, protocols are integrating, you know, into your daily life. And now it's just like becoming second nature. Um, so it's been awesome, man. I got a really solid group of people I'm working with. That's awesome, man. I'm glad. I'm glad that you are flourishing in your coaching and that you are having an effect and it positive impact on your roster. And it's, it's, you've been an incredible asset to the team, you know, so far. And it's been, it's been great to have you a part of the family, man. So we're really glad to have you. Um, as far okay. as where we're going today for our audience, who knows, you know, my, my man, Mario, coach Mario is an expert in all things in strength training. And so we're going to do a multi-part series here, diving into the science, the programming, the ins and outs, the pros, the cons, 
about all things resistance training. And then next week, we'll come back with Coach Ian, who will help us on the hypertrophy side of things. But when it comes to strength, and this is actually a conversation I just had yesterday with my own exercise physiology students, and we're learning how it is that we cultivate strength. You know, it's, it's, it's very similar, but then very different adaptation when it comes to hypertrophy and how we truly develop strength. And, you know, we got into the conversation where they asked me, it just, <laughs> it was kind of funny, like, why, why do powerlifters look different than bodybuilders? And I, I felt like, you know, Grandpa Jim sitting around the fire, and all right, kids, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> well, you see. <laughs> and so, just to be funny, and so just to, yeah. let's set the record straight on, Exercise physiology principles when it comes to strength training. Strength training is a function of both neuromuscular adaptation and cross-sectional area. And so we do know, of course, if you have more muscle, you're going to be stronger, right? There's more myosin-actin interactions. You've got more cross-bridge cycling. You've got more muscle fibers being able to do the work. So generally, yes, if someone has, is bigger, has more muscle tissue, yes, they're going to be stronger. But there's also a vast neuromuscular component to this as well. As I know, Mario, you could chime in and as well, you know, why is it that beginners get so strong so fast right at the beginning of their programming, which is all due to the fact that it's neuromuscular adaptation. And so just so, you know, our audience knows that you are the man, that you were a big time powerlifter for a lot of times, you know, let, let's dive into your overall experience with strength training and power lifting and do you still do that type of training now that you've been doing it for so so many years oh not at all um my i got to a point <laughs> where um i competed roughly for nine years um there was probably like a two to three year break from competing in between that just to kind of let my body heal from some nagging injuries nothing catastrophic um but i got to a point my last competition was june of 21 and um, I've gone back and forth between training in raw as well as multiply. Um, so I've hit both ends. I think of like the spectrum there in terms of like, um, cause they're, they're both, it's like two different sports in a way. Um, and I got to a point where my body was just like, dude, you're done. And it, it wasn't worth it to me anymore to, to lift to that extreme. Um, like it, when every training session was more about just not getting injured rather than making gains. That's when I knew I'm like, okay, like I'm just, I'm just done with this. Um, especially with my job as a fireman, I have to be, um, not crippled at age 30. So, um, for me personally, it was just, <laughs> it was very obvious for me. I was just done. And so now explain now, I know, I, I know, and you know that I know as well. And you know, your experience with this and being a coach, Tell our audience, what is the differences in the overall ways that we program when it comes to how you program for simple hypertrophy, someone wants to build muscle, wants to put on some size versus someone that literally wants to build strength? You know, what, from your perspective, your experience as an athlete, what did your program look like that was able to get you strong all the way from when you first started your strength journey through the years that you became an athlete in powerlifting? Yeah, um, honestly, it was very basic. The most of my career was very basic progressive overload. Um, really simple, you know, on bench day, it was basically like the accessories after were more of like chest and tri movements. Um, squat day, you know, different leg movements, deadlift day, posterior chain. Um, and then typically we did a fourth day we call our fluff and buff days. 
which was, you know, the arms, calves, all the shit that we didn't have time to fit in during the week um, with all the main movements that we did. Now, did you ever follow any specific protocols like the the five three ones or the starting strength or what what type of protocols did you guys do when you were into your athletic phase? Yeah, that's a, a great question. Um, the first program I ever did it was actually my senior year of high school, or maybe it was like my freshman year of college. Either way, what got me into powerlifting was five three one. Um, Jim Jim Wendler's principles. I learned how simple they were. Um, I had a spreadsheet that had a year of every single training day locked in based on my um, my training maxes, and that laid out the whole year for me. So I'd go in, all right, bench day, I'm doing three by five, cool, with this weight. And it was like the perfect way to just keep me from overtrading, uh, from getting injured, because I stuck to the numbers. Because everyone's like, well, if you feel good, just go a little heavier that day. Or, yeah, if you don't feel good, like, don't push it. I hit the numbers every day no matter what. So, like, that, I felt like corrected itself over time. Right. I actually learned my lesson one time of not doing the numbers my coach told me to. <laughs> and that has negative ramifications if you're not careful. But mm-hmm. what and what I loved about what everything you just said, Mario, and I hope that our audience sees this as well, is there's a there's a big difference between how you strength train and how you body build or just do simple resistance training for overall health and longevity. And so when you are when you are conforming to a strength training regime, you are really focusing on those specific movements at a damn near close to maximal intensity. And so when you look at, you know, national strength and conditioning guidelines, ACSM, you know, physiological guidelines for building strength, usually you're going to have higher sets of those lower reps, but at much higher intensity. So you're going to have your three by fives. You're going to have your four by fives, five by fives, you know, sometimes even as low as five by threes. If you start to get into those advanced protocols when it came to the starting strength. And when it comes down to the intensity level, you're not going to be doing, you know, 75% of your one repetition maximum, you're going to be damn near close to 85 to 90% of your one RM damn near close to every single time, unless you're doing some sort of undulated periodization. I I would love your take on this, Mario, as well as, you know, strength can be considered a skill. You know, it's something that you almost have to continue to upkeep, you know, and I was telling this to my exercise physiology students yesterday when we were in the lab, you can maintain size relatively easily. You know, you can come into the gym, you know, lift once a week, maybe twice a week and still maintain size without trouble at all. As long as you are lifting to the point where you are actually putting some strain onto the muscle tissue. But strength, you you stop lifting, you lose that shit fast. (laughs) Like, really? Yeah. Like, like, absolutely ridiculous. Like, I think you, you can see reduction in neurological adaptations within one or two if you're not lifting that heavy continuously and so because my students were asking me they were like well coach how much were you were you ever able to lift how strong are you and i'm like don't ask me that anymore because <laughs> like, i don't I, I don't lift that heavy anymore at, at my prime and it's nothing to nothing to boast about but i think the the heaviest i was able to squat was about 425 and the heaviest i was able to deadlift was about 515 you know no, nothing crazy to brag about for me hey that was awesome just to see five plates on each side that was that that was awesome um, even, even when it came to the squats, I was just like, that's a lot. <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh yeah. Um, it, but to what, you know, your point that you said as well, it's like, okay, we're, we're really talking about the extreme sides strength training here. You know, that it does have that trade off, especially as you continue to age where it's like, wow, the, 
the benefits no longer outweigh the rewards when it comes to extreme strength training. And so what, and can, can you speak on, you know, what was, what are the things that you went through as a strength athlete that got you away from more of the real, real diehard strength program being a strength athlete? Um, I would say, honestly, just like how my body felt, like just the, the constant inflammation on the joints, the, like no matter how much prehab I did, no matter how much I tried to tweak my training or adjust my training as needed um it just like it never went away and that's what kind of started pushing me away where i was like i wish i would i do wish i would have done things differently um if i could go back and change it i would definitely train differently maybe um i would not if i wanted to remain a power lifter longer i would have done less power lifting if that makes sense um because mentally, um, my ego, when I was trying, when I, like, I needed to back off, or I knew in my off season, um, when I did have a coach, the rule was after me, don't touch a barbell for six to eight weeks. Like we're doing everything but powerlifting movements. I still did it anyways. I'm like, there's no way. Like my squat's going to go down. Like my bench will go down. I can't not do that. Um, but I think that's what hurt me in the long run. Um, so I kind of proved to myself that not allowing some more diversity was actually really detrimental to me, uh, which I think is what kind of pushed me away from it the most. Right. And so now, and, and to preface this for the audience, we are not by any means saying that this is, you should never do strength training. For health and longevity, lifting heavy to a certain degree and a certain matter of speaking is something that you should do. In order to maintain power, maintain strength, maintain those, you know, activation of those fast twitch muscle fibers, because those are the ones that do decay faster as you age. And so very, very important to making sure that we're managing that. And so now I would like to shift gears a little bit, you know, now that we've scared everyone. <laughs> I didn't want to say that was like, I was going to say that was like, I guess I was speaking for like my powerlifting aspect, which is like the extreme. No, I know. For sure. <laughs> like, so I, don't, that's, I don't want people. That's what I want. <laughs> so now, now that everyone knows that, you know, Coach Mario is a badass here. And so I, I want you to, when you are working with a brand new client and we are, you know, us at Evolve, we really try to prize our, our focus on helping people get stronger, helping people get better, helping them become the best versions of ourselves. When you start with a brand new client who, let's say, has very, very little resistance training experience, you know, what is your approach when it comes to how you lead someone into building strength? And so I really want to highlight, you know, the principles of overall just building strength for the purposes of health and longevity. That doesn't mean you have to lift your absolute one RM every single time. And so what principles do you usually follow when helping someone just cultivate that base level and foundational strength? Yeah. Um, typically, I just start with really basic compound movements, like maybe like even void of a barbell. Uh, maybe like a kettlebell squat, a kettlebell deadlift. Um, I say like kettlebell goblet squat rather. Um, kettlebell deadlift. Um, see what their pressing strength is like, even from a push up. But how can they do a push up? If their push up is like super ugly, then I'm like, cool. Like we'll just focus on that now because the same principles can apply to impressing the opposite direction, right? Or maybe from. Uh, fighting gravity in a different way. Um, so I just like to see how they move through space, like not just in a s one single plane, like how do they move in this plane, how do they move in this plane. 
Um, and how much control do they have over their body? Because like you can tell usually pretty easily, um, just a lot of times beginners lack bodily awareness, which a lot of times is really pivotal to building strength. Um, and so I, I typically go through like a foundational phase. I'm just like, I just want to see how they move in the most basic movements. Um, and that usually shows us a lot and, um, is really, really, is a really good point to work off of and start from. I love that. And I, I do something very, very similar as well. And so when I teach programming, doing the initial assessments, and I love that you said that is damn near close to the most important thing, especially if you're going to be someone who is going to be working and doing strength training with the compound movements. I'm not comfortable putting anyone underneath a barbell for a bench press or a squat or a deadlift until I see their shoulder mechanics, until I see what are they doing in a squat, you know, even if it's just body weight. Like I love just doing a basic overhead squat test where I have people say, put your hands up in the air. Let's see how you move, all right? And because it's more than likely, if I got someone with an asymmetrical weight shift, if I've got someone who has significant excessive lumbar lordosis and they've got this open can phenomenon going on where their rib cage is open like this and their their pelvis is complete opposite direction, not only are they not going to be able to breathe right, they're not going to be able to brace, all right? The, the first time they try to do any type of squat, they're going to go yikes and hit their lower back and then they're, they're, they're suing. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and so we, 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 we have to start with a, especially when it comes to approaching building strength for an individual, got to start with a GPP. You got to start with some form of general preparation phase, you know, regardless of what your goal is, whether it's building strength or specifically hypertrophy, I recommend to everyone, get the techniques down, get the foundational down, get your motor coordination where it needs to be symmetry. Make sure you're moving well, I think is the number one thing you always start with and that a lot of people often neglect. And I think a lot of novices make that mistake when they go to the gym and they're just like, all right, I'm going to start changing my life. I want to turn my health around. Let's try this resistance training thing. And then they try and they do these exercises they see on social media without the awareness of how they move at any given time. And then that's how someone gets hurt and deterred away. And so, but inevitably, no matter what, we have to at some point progress them through progressive overload and make it challenging. And so, and to build strength, you know, regardless of whether it's for being a power lifter or doing this for health and longevity, you have to challenge yourself. Um, wh what is your experience with coaching individuals and getting them to understand that, yes, you're going to have to grind out some reps oftentimes, especially because even if I have a beginner and I, I built, I spend some good time on building a foundation, I am going to spend at least four to six weeks on building strength, whether that looks like, you know, for some people I'll start that if they're really, really beginning, I'll start them at sets of eight, you know, I'll do three or four sets of eight. I won't go high as 12 or, you know, anything like that for hypertrophy. I'll try to keep it down, but I won't go as low as five either. And then once we start really building that foundation, that experience, then that's when I'll start getting into the sixes and the five rep range. What approaches do you usually take when you're working with an individual as you progress them? And then how do you teach them how to embrace challenge when it comes to lifting heavier? Yeah, I, I have found it really successful to just really allow them to gain like a mental confidence. Because everyone, I think, is capable of doing it. Like, their body can do it, but it's like making this connection, right? The mind-body connection of like, hey, I know I can do this. They have that confidence to actually execute it. So what I really like doing is, typically, it's like the confidence phase, right? Like you said, like the four to six weeks is usually just like form execution, maybe slowing down the tempo, maybe them getting them to like, feel that grind more of like 
a sub max weight, like, Hey, we're going to do this weight that you can do for like, you know, eight to 10. Um, and I just want you like to push it. So like, I want, I want to see you like grimace in your face. When I see that, that's when I know you're starting. <laughs> um, that's why I call it the stank face. Like if you have no stank face, you're probably not pushing your heart. Yep. Oh, because then we agree. Yeah. Cause that's a really easy way to tell. Like, cause a lot of times they just don't even know. So I'm like, what RPE do you think that was? And they're like, I don't really know because they haven't pushed it to a 10 before. Right. So I'm like, okay, then how, what are some bodily ways we can look at that? Um, but yeah, building confidence is a big one. And honestly, too, I actually like building confidence with machine work because hmm. with them being fixed, they are usually less afraid to push it more. So I'm like, hey, you're on this machine. It's relatively safe compared to maybe a free weight where you know the potential for injury is like a little bit higher. But I'm like, I want you to push it on this chest press. I want to see you pushing it and grinding. And then that translates usually over to a music move to like a dumbbell or a barbell. They have that feeling now and they have a little more confidence when they get there. Um, so utilizing machine work, I found to actually be kind of surprisingly helpful. I love that approach. Yeah, that's yeah. actually a really, really good key because I've run into the same thing in my own experience is people just don't know what it means to actually <laughs> lifting weight. And I don't mean that by failure every time because we know that that's actually detrimental as well. You don't want to go to failure on every single set. And we'll talk about why um, in a minute. But yes, knowing how to challenge yourself, like there's going to be times where you're going to be afraid of the bar. And if you're not afraid of the bar, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> Except mm -hmm. when it comes to the purpose of building strength, anyhow, uh, and knowing how to grind out your reps. And, you know, it, it took a while for even myself, you know, when I did years of just straight, you know, nonsense hypertrophy training with no real program or scheme to it and met my met my first coach of all time. His name's Dr. Robert Santana. He's he's out in Arizona now and taught me some great lessons about strength training. And he's a starting strength coach. Um, and I, I got to give I got to give the guy credit. I, I made more progress in the two years that I worked consistently with him through starting strength than I ever did in my bullshit 10 years of just wasting time nonsense, you know, mm -hmm. going around in circles in the gym, you know, exercising more than I was trained and complete difference in my body composition and physique and strength. And it just made me realize, wow, so this is what it means to challenge yourself. <laughs> when you do bench press, when you do overhead press, when you do squats, like being underneath the bar and being like, oh my God, I might die. Like, <laughs> like that's a lot of weight. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. Um, and so, you know, just that reiterating to our audience, like, and once again, it doesn't mean you're going to go crazy with strength training, but it's, it's a necessary component of the training process. And so, and I, I want your, I want your theory on this as well. Cause then I've heard, you know, numerous scientists talk about this and numerous coaches have this approach. You know, sometimes you will have people when they're starting someone on their periodization, you know, a very, a beginner, they'll have them do their GPP and then they'll do their hypertrophy training phase, thinking that that might be the best way to go as far as build a little bit more muscle first. So then they can become comfortable before they do like the heavier, higher intensity exercises, which I agree with. But sometimes I like to actually go the opposite way. I like to wait until they have a great foundation, they understand how to do the movements, and then I like to actually do a strength phase, especially with my more advanced individuals, uh, as a way to make them become more neuromuscularly efficient. So then when they start their hypertrophy phase, they might be able to lift more weights, theoretically, as far as the intensity on the scale within those rep ranges for hypertrophy, potentially build a little bit, build a little bit of muscle. Have you had any experience with that? 
uh, within your own programming and when you've worked with clients or even within your own training as an athlete? Yeah, I think that's, that's actually a really good question. I think like, I think the distinction for me is like you said, like what's their, what's their training age? If they're a little more training mature and they're advanced, I think that distinction is more important. When it comes to like a lot of the gen pop people um, or people who just aren't experienced, I really don't think it matters that much. Um, I feel like it's, it can go either way. I have honestly, typically, um, I actually do more of a blend. Like I will have like more of their like strength, like their strength movements. Like, Hey, this is where we're focusing. Like we're training a movement here, right? I don't like, we're not training the muscle in these movements. Once they have those movements done. Okay. Now we're training those, the muscles here. Like this is like, that's where the, I do the distinction with my clients. Um, so typically just doing a little bit of bulls. And I feel like that has helped a lot. Cause then like, if I want them to go into more of a like, hey, we're our goal this phase is to put on lean tissue, then I'll do more um even just like RIR type training. If it's strength, then I just move things more to RPE. And that way it's just like we're going for intensity, like how much weight we're moving or how we're moving it. Now it's like we're doing our training um to put on the tissue. Like like just what which stimulus we're looking for. So doing both together i think is good and then as we go on like okay we're gonna lean a little more this way to strength okay now rolling a little more hypertrophy, and just kind of like bob and weave between that time well it kind of keeps them from not getting bored and i feel like long term that has been really successful even for my own personal training i i love that approach that's honestly what i've done for myself as well and you know i, I especially on the point that you made when it comes to at a big, when someone is a beginner or just getting into their training, it really doesn't matter. And I absolutely agree because they're going to adapt to anything. <laughs> someone who's brand new, doesn't matter what you do. All right. They're going to adapt as long as they are doing it the right way. And they're doing it from a perspective of injury prevention. Um, 100% agree. And so I, I really like the undulated periodization methods for that reason. And so the whole, the whole power building approach you know, as mm-hmm. you know, law, law of specificity states, yes, of course, if, if you train one specific way towards one particular goal, you're going to make more progress in that area. Duh. Okay. We know that for sure. All right. Specific adaptations to impose demands. That's why powerlifters look different than crossfitters. That's why crossfitters look different from bodybuilders. That's why bodybuilders look different from marathon runners. All right. What if your body's going to adapt to whatever you specifically place upon it? But I think it does get to a point, especially as you get more and more to general population, they're not really concerned with that. They just, they want to look good. They want to feel good and they want to live happy for the rest of their life. And so that's when I say, all right, then there's no better thing to do than undulated periodization methods, because you can do that one day a week that you need to maintain higher level strength, where you're doing your major compound movements, three sets of five, 85 to 90% of your one RM boom. All right. On a leg exercise, a push, a pull, you're great. And then the rest of that week, not only to help with your recovery, but to help you build a little bit muscle, then you can go a little bit lower intensity and take up the volume a little bit and do a little bit more hypertrophy-based training if you have those muscle-building goals or just to continue your frequency of hitting strength training. So, like, because I get asked that question all the time, like, what is the optimal method if I don't want to be a bodybuilder, but I want to be healthy, I want to be strong, but I also want to build muscle? It's like, divvy up the intensity throughout the week. You know? And I, for recovery purposes, I've always found undulated methods to be the absolute best. 
best, even for me as well. Mm. Um, and if you look at starting strength, that's how starting strength actually is too. Most of the time, it'll it'll be like a a really really heavy day, a moderately heavy day, and then a light intensity day, and then a rinse and repeat comes all around. Even though starting strength is more from the perspective of we are building strength. Um, and so I haven't programmed strictly like that in a long time, um, <clears throat> but. As from, you know, I'm, uh, <laughs> I hate to admit it, but I made the best damn progress in a cut when I did starting strength. <laughs> and then, but my coach did sprinkle in, you know, the volume in it when, when he wanted to. And that's when he would give me like, I don't know if you've ever done this when you had any of your strength training blocks, but he would do uh, like 45 reps total, as many reps as possible for like your basic calisthenic work for like pull-ups, yeah. chin-ups push-ups and all that shit i'll be like god damn <laughs> but it worked it blew up my back it got me to the point where i was doing 50 pull-ups and you know one workout no problem and i was just like this is awesome because i remember being a kid being like oh, i'm never gonna get pull-up strength and then you know i go through this training program and i'm repping them out <laughs> it's just this is outstanding i'm not justin <laughs> truitt or anything like that like that guy we see on on instagram who tried to break the world record i think he did didn't he didn't he beat he, he beat goggins record didn't he i know someone did i don't know if it was him or not but i know it was yeah. beaten, which is someone did <laughs> but but that but overall that's what i hope that we're communicating to our audience as well it's like building strength you know it, it's it's not a not everyone's going to be a power lifter nor should you <laughs> after a certain age like and then the more and more you talk to older guys you know mid 30s late 30s early 40s they're like just can't lift that way anymore. Like I'm, I'm getting to that point too. It's like I have no, and I would, Mario. I want your take on this. Lifting heavy is fun, but is it mm-hmm. worth it when you get older? You know, it's like, like, do you miss putting like five plates on each side <laughs> when you did barbell squats? Like, do you tell me about what's your experience with that nowadays? Yeah, I. That's a good question. So I, I, I literally have a put a bar on my back in two and a half years um wow. and sometimes i see it and i'm like like there's that little thing inside me that's like oh yeah like but then say actually i i rescind that there was one day i put like two plates of side out for safety squat bars and i did two sets and my pack was like who the fuck do you think you are and i'm like yeah they're fine. <laughs> shut it down and i was reminded quickly i'm like just that type of load and i don't know i just i don't miss it um at all actually but i also just really appreciate those times like i was so grateful that my body did i like i didn't come out with any catastrophic injuries it was able to handle the crazy shit i put it through like that i'm appreciative but i don't miss it at all (laughs) (laughs) and just so our audience knows as well you don't have to do the major olympic movements for strength like you know you can get to the point where you do dumbbell exercises for strength where you do leg press absolutely plate plate loaded equipment it's are you are you utilizing those rep ranges and intensity wisely um because what i want to get into now is and this is a perfect segue after you just stated what you did you know Definitely from your statement, there's a little bit of burnout there and there's, there was the risk of injury. And so you, we have to really weigh the pros and cons. And so let's, let's start with the pros, you know, strength training, you know, and then we're talking about the word strength. All right. Because I think often people, you know, get the whole thing mixed up as like the strength training is just the overarching thing above it all. Um, which I would say would rather be resistance training more than strength training. 
um, because that resistance training, you can have that strength or hypertrophy related training. And so we definitely need lifting heavier to a point for the maintenance of those higher threshold motor demands. You want to be functional. You want to maintain as much mu muscle mass as possible for the rest of your life. You must lift heavy to a point that's heavy for you. That's challenging. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you have to have three plates on a barbell and do a squat. Doesn't mean you have to deadlift 400 pounds. Just means that whatever exercise you choose has to be somewhat challenging because we know as we age, especially we're at risk for sarcopenia. And sarcopenia being that loss of muscle mass. And you know what? A lot of, I remember being, and you probably have, you know, some sort of experiences like this too with family, where you go to a family gathering when you're a kid and you listen to all your, your aunts and uncles and parents talking about, oh, my metabolism just wasn't what it used to. And it's just like, that's not because you're old, that's because you stopped moving. And so, yep. and one of the biggest things I want to really stress and communicate to our audience is, you have to do resistance training for life. Like if you want to stay functional, if you want to keep moving, if you want to keep yourself from being in a wheelchair, you know, the last 20 years of your life or so, and don't want to have a cane, you got to keep moving. You got to keep your metabolism up. You want to have a healthy body weight and make it easier to maintain a good, aesthetically pleasing, healthy body composition. You got to keep training. You got to keep moving mm -hmm. um, because we're also less sensitive to protein as we age, which is another thing people don't understand. You need more protein per meal to get the same robust response that you or I would need to maintain muscle mass and muscle protein synthesis. And so that's a that's a really, really big um, pro <laughs> to lifting at those intensities. Um, I would love for you to speak on the pros of how it feels for people to have that achievement. You and I work with individuals all the time where, and I know you have a big expertise in mindset. What does strength training do for mindset for individuals who struggle with anxiety, depression, especially with the populations of guys that you work with? What is the big benefit there with strength training and mindset? Yeah, another awesome question. <laughs> um, the person that comes to mind is, like you said, and again, I don't want to, I have our listeners think that we're always talking these extremes with the strength training in general, right? Um, on the flip side of that, when you are training and you're in a position where you're like, ooh, this is a weight or not even the load specifically, but I'm going to be pushing this load to a point where like I might be within a close proximity to failure. So like I'm going to be tested, right? With that, should... I'd say should in a sense of like, there should maybe be a little ounce of fear or just something where it's like, ooh, this is a little scary. And that's a good thing because that is what has you respect what you're about to do. And it usually allows you to do everything correctly. Like if I didn't, and again, we're speaking extremes in this very next sentence where if I didn't have any fear when I was squatting 700, then I probably wouldn't have done very well. Like that fear is what allowed me to do everything correctly, to dive into my training. And at the same time, leaning into the fear and being like, yeah, this fear is here and I accept it. That mindset you can take outside of the gym. When you have an uncomfortable conversation with your partner, when your boss is a dick and you like stick up for yourself, like you lean into that fear like you do day in and day out at the gym, like that will go with you the rest of your life. And so like when people can like, Harness that distinction. Like after their training, they reflect when they're driving home. Wow, that was a little scary. And I still fucking did it. Like, go me. 
pat myself on the back and like remember that like i'm gonna i can apply that same way i leaned into it in every part of my life where i might sense that fear again i love that mario that is that is one of the biggest benefits that i have seen with clients over the years that i even experienced myself when i first started lifting heavy i was like holy crap i can do hard things and mm -hmm. it, it does exactly. wonders for your cultivation of self-efficacy and the belief that you can actually do something and achieve it. And then that, in turn, the more you do that, spirals into you developing your self-confidence. And I mean, that's honestly one of the biggest just benefits of overall fitness in general. It's it's the gateway drug to awesome <laughs> as, yeah, far as, really as far as how you feel about yourself and, you know, how you live your life and, you know, how you cultivate positive relationships. And you know, you, you just, you can't escape that fact that doing those hard things, especially in the gym is such a wonderful thing that you can do for not only your health, but your overall well-being. And I think a lot of our athletes and clients that evolve have, have learned that lesson. Um, and it's, it's fantastic to see when I get, I love getting a text message from one of my clients that said, I got a huge PR. This is awesome. I feel great. I got so many compliments from people I didn't even know at the gym. Like I never knew it could be like this. And I just want to open them with welcome arms and be like, welcome, <laughs> welcome to your fam, you know? It's you've like because uh, you've arrived <laughs> because that's that's truly what it's all about and then it really makes the challenges that you go through with life look like nothing. you're just like shit mm -hmm. if i can get through this physical challenge i can overcome damn near close to anything and i think that's the mm -hmm. biggest thing you know yeah you get the physical benefits you get to maintain health for life but i think people often you know underestimate the impact that it can have you know mentally on an individual which you think is absolutely wonderful and so as far as the risks go, you know, yes, we have the risks of just needing to be careful. You know, lifting heavy does come at a price. You need to make sure you're lifting well. You need to make sure your technique is on point. This is where we get the value of coaching, having that individual who shows you, hey, your knees are doing this, try this. Hey, your back's doing this, try this. So, oh my goodness, we need to do some core work before we take that up even more. Um, and so making sure that people understand, yes, strength training is necessary. You need to do it to a certain degree, but do it carefully because it does carry a larger risk. But you could say the same thing about hypertrophy training. You can overdo hypertrophy yep. training the same way um, with too much volume. And so, and people need to understand that too, is strength training. Although typically what you'll see in a if you do a strict, a strict strength training program, it's less exercises in the gym. All right. But for the same amount of time, because you are lifting heavier, it's a greater degree of energy requirements onto the body. It's going to gas out your nervous system after hell. Mm -hmm. And I was telling, I was telling this to my, my students. I was like, do you guys understand why weightlifters sit there for three minutes between each set? And they were just like, because they're lazy. I'm like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it's like, goodness gracious. Um, and I figured that out the first time I did strength training for a while. It just destroys your nervous system. Like, I shouldn't say destroys, but it tires you out. And it, it requires you a lot longer time to recover than you ever thought possible. I'm not going to lie to you, Mario. I had the worst doms ever from when you do a strict strength training phase and you take a week off and then you come back and do heavy squats again. I have never had such significant adductor pain in my life. <laughs> I, I remember texting my coach like the first time it happened and I'm like, I'm going to tear my groin. I'm going to tear my ass. What's going to happen? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> He's just like, just lift through it. You'll be okay. I'm just like, oh my God. So, but 
and just be aware the side effect of soreness and delayed onset muscle soreness and excruciating pain like it's it's all a part of that process maybe not so much that would drive you into rhabdo um but yeah <laughs> to, to a point where you need to make sure that you are ready for the fact that it's going to be a recovery you can't do a ton of volume of strength training without recovering properly and that's another thing people need to pay attention to as well um, and people overtrain all the time doing hypertrophy training anyhow. Um, and so are there any other risks that, you know, you could speak of as far as with your experience with strength training and what you communicate to your clients when it comes to lifting heavy and what may come with that? Yeah, I, the first thing that comes to mind, and I think this is, this really does go with like everything we're doing in the gym. However, with strength training, Typically with the intensities you're pushing and the loads are usually higher than when hypertrophy training is to like allow them to really build the sense of like, okay, I'm definitely reaching technical breakdown. And that's why I tell them like so many athletes and I get it, like they don't want to film in the gym. They're in crunch fitness and there's fucking people everywhere. You don't want to set your phone up and like record yourself. But like, that's such a good piece to use. Like, cause look at yourself on your, like not even just for your coach, like that is very important also. And like super beneficial for the athlete. But if you're someone that's training, like record yourself, like look at like, cause usually when you're training and I can't tell you how many times if I was in a squat or benching where I'm like, oh my God, that felt terrible. And my training partner is like, that looks super easy. It's like, there's usually there can be a disconnect, right? So having that video evidence to say like, oh yeah, ooh, like that butt wink was really bad there. Or, oh yeah, my elbows really came in. Or, ooh, look at that shift in my back or whatever it is. You don't feel that a lot of times right. when you're under the bar. You're just trying to not die. And again, I know that may be a little more of the extreme context. However, when we are pushing that load, it's so helpful for you to know like just when to shut it down. Like there are things where it's like, there's a time to push and a time to grind. And there's a time you need to know when the fuck to shut it down. Cause it's not worth getting fucking injured over and having your training now for the next four to eight weeks be centered on the injury. Um, so really I think it's using video evidence with people and showing them, Hey, this is the time where you could have pushed it cause your form was fucking solid this is the time where you shouldn't have because you were breaking down and it's like allowing them to see that distinction to hold both of them, I think is really important. 1000%. And I, I, that is, that is such a great point because that's the difference between you being able to continue to lift and injury. Um, and so just to bring this full circle for, for all of our athletes, strength training is an absolute necessity. It must be a part of the process at some point, especially for health and longevity. You want to get the most out of any, fitness related goal or modality you want a level of strength whether you are man woman whatever all right make sure you do some form of strength training whether it's a dedicated strength training program or whether it's a hybrid program which tends to work for others if you're more advanced like many of our evolved athletes you might need to get to a point where you do do a strict strength training regimen for a while to resensitize yourself to what might come with hypertrophy training down the line but for all health and longevity purposes, lifting for life needs to be part of the equation. And so if we if we go based off of Galpin principles uh, when it comes to building strength and you want to do the absolute absolute minimum, you know, without having to overdo things once a week. All right. 
doing a couple exercises that are compound movements that are going to highlight major muscle groups, three sets of five, all right, at least, all right, at least 85% of your one RM. If you're doing that once, twice a week, every week, that's really all you need. If you just want to maintain strength or even potentially build, depending on what you're doing um, for, for a period of time throughout your life. And then the rest of it can be whatever modality you wish or intensity, if you want to do more volume hypertrophy or endurance training, depending on what your specific needs are. And then as Mario, as Coach Mario here has elicited the major risks, make sure you're recovering well. Make sure you're moving well. You know, make sure that you are sleeping well. Uh, you have to make sure you're getting high quality sleep when you do strength training. Um, and just, you know, remember that it's a big part of the process and it's it will cultivate a stronger version of you as Coach Mario has elicited in the best way possible. Coach, any closing thoughts on individuals who are thinking about strength training or wanting to con you know consider coaching with strength training um, and what it can do for their lives. Oh uh, yeah, I think it's really important to reiterate and like really emphasize what you said just now with like recovery is important no matter what, right? But especially when you're strength training and the taxing that it has on your nervous system, being really aware of what you're doing outside of the gym. Um like someone like me, in my powerlifting years at my peak of it, somehow I had survived through this. You know, I was in college. I was drinking a lot. My sleep was shitty. I would feel like all the, like, I I don't know how I survived through it, to be honest, but, like, really take care of your body because, like, your nervous system is so important. And if you're constantly burning it out and not creating an environment to allow your body to rest and recover, like you said, the sleep, parasympathetic, parasympathetic activities at home um just really really taking care of your body is like so important and, and you'll elicit greater results you know if you're constantly doing things that are against what you're doing in the gym and those things are conflicting then there might be a hindrance of um your potential there so just the rest of recovery like it's so so huge <laughs> coach i appreciate your time very very much you are a huge asset to our entire company as you know we try to improve lives all the time and just your your knowledge and experience of what it means to be a power lifter and an athlete and you know the the big positives of benefits and the and the challenges that came along the way and so it's been awesome to have you and an awesome awesome episode out today if our audience wants to learn more about coach mario and want to work with you how can they figure out where to get more information about coach mario uh instagram is probably the best um my instagram handle is D'Amico strength all one word, lowercase. That's D-A-M-I-C-O, strength. Um, and you can shoot me a DM on there and we can get to talking. Awesome, you guys. As always, everyone at Evolve, we are looking to make the absolute best versions of yourselves and for the best in coaching and to learn more about how to coach with either one of us and our awesome coaching staff and the amazing team at Evolve, please be sure to visit Evolve underscore HP. Be sure to share this with your friends. Shout it out. Listen to it over and over again and get some learning done. This has been <laughs> Coach P and Coach Mario, and we'll see you in the next one. We're out of here. Awesome job, my man. That was great. That was fun. <laughs>